everyone. Welcome to the Church at Severn Run Messages podcast. We're so glad you're joining us to hear another message this week. And we wanted to take just a minute to let you know that things are probably going to sound a little bit different over the coming weeks. Obviously, we're all living in the era of the coronavirus. And so we're recording our messages from different places right now. We are trying to stay out of our our building and off our campus. Uh, We're trying to honor social distancing and things like that. So we are recording from homes and from offices and from computers all over the place. Uh, So things may sound different, but we're going to continue to bring you message content every week. Uh, In addition, we want you to know that you can still stay connected with us even though we're apart. Head over to our Facebook page. You can join our Seven Runners Facebook group as well, or go to sevenrun.com slash COVID-19 help. Uh, There you'll find some resources, ways that we can pray for you, things like that. I'll tell you a little bit more about those specifics after the message. For now, we hope that you enjoy this week's message. Well, good morning, everyone. We're continuing today in our series, It's Time. And, And really, the subtitle is It's Time to Grow. Not knowing what time it is is always embarrassing, whether it's being late for a meeting Um, whether it's being late for a funeral, um, whether it's missing the date of an appointment, time matters. And knowing what time it is and responding appropriately to the time is a key to a great life. This last week, there was a reporter doing a uh, video shoot from home in a suit. And um, he had everything set up and did most of his report. And in the end, he moved and below his jacket and his tie, he was wearing no pants. Well, that was the topic of the week, not his story. So when you get up in the morning and you are doing a video shoot, it is time to put on pants. And just for the record, I am wearing them. Today, I wanna talk to you about growing and knowing that in this season, it is time to grow. Um, gosh, there's so many places to go with that, but I, I just want to say that, that it is the time to grow. You can grow. We can grow. We, we don't have to waste another moment of life in sorrow, in sadness, in, in cycling, um, in, in the past. We can grow and move forward. And although it feels like we're arrested in this COVID season, we are not. We are in the middle of the hand of God on us, leading us to grow. So I just wanna get you thinking growth today. I want you to get you thinking time and realize it is time in your life to grow. So let me share with you uh, kind of the foundations of, of, of how we do that. First of all, you need to know you were created in love. And God let that sink in, in a soul-deep kind of way. Psalm 139 is this picture of being surrounded by God and God's love. That God suffuses everything. He is in all, over all, above all, behind all, before all, and after all. I mean, he's just everywhere. And in verse 7, David says, Where can I go from your spirit? In other words, God, you are everywhere. Where can I flee from your presence? Wherever I run, there you are. And then he begins to kind of give some examples. If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths of the oceans, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the side of the sea, even there you will guide me. 
your right hand will hold me fast. And if I say, surely darkness will hide me, um, the light becomes night around me. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night will shine like day, for darkness is as light to you. And then verse 13 is the more familiar verse. But I, I want you, especially those of you who um, struggle with your worth or your significance, um, who may not have had the ideal you know, leave it to beaver type of family upbringings. And, and you may wonder, you may wonder about, again, your created worth. Verse 13 says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I know your works, they are wonderful, and I know them full well. So you need to know and then choose to believe that you were created in love. God created you in love, out of infinite love. You're not an accident. You are an on-time, on-purpose work of God. God created you in love to desire Him. That's why we were created. In our broken life in a broken world, we fill that place of desire. And we're going to be talking about a lot uh, today about desire and longing. So I want you to pay special attention to longing and to desire. God desired you, so he created you to desire him. That's the, that's the, 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 the flow of, of your creation. But in this broken world that we live in, as broken people, um, we all fill that place of our longing. We were created to long for God, to desire God. We fill that place of longing with anything and everything we can find that is not God from the world around us. But all that is not God is none of God, and all that isn't God is nothing. It's no thing. And the harder we work to satisfy ourselves, the longing that we have, the unfulfilled desires in our life, the, the more we reach to the world around us uh, and to people and stuff things inside of us, the emptier we become and the farther from our created purpose we move and, and the more we're missing the true nature of our longing. All of our longing is for God. In Exodus chapter 21, to kind of uh, chapter 20, verse 1, to begin at the beginning, uh, is the first and second commandments. And the scripture says there um, in Exodus 20, verse 1, and God spoke all these words. I am, and I, and I love the phrase I am because it is God's name, Yahweh, I am. I am the I am your God, the scripture says, who brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And even that phrase was code for I have acted in love on your behalf. Verse 3 of Exodus chapter 20 says, You shall have no other gods before me. Pastor Dry, I know that. Nah, not so much. <laughs> None of us do. Because no other gods gets to the, the deepest part of our longing and our created purpose. And to realize that, that the God who created us created in us a desire to know Him and long for Him. And in our sin and brokenness and separation from Him, we are on a painful path of trying to fill our God-created, God-shaped hole with 
everything else that does not fit. So this isn't a matter of legalism. It isn't a matter of, of oh, okay, I'll admit there's a God. Now, this is something more deep and more beautiful than that. This is a connection with your creation and your creator. This is a you becoming you. This is a you becoming whole. This is you finding life. And verse 4 goes on to say, You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. This is getting to this idea of longing and desire. In verse 2, God is saying, I am the longing of your heart. And in verse 3 and 4 and following, he is saying, But your whole life, apart from my love, is going to be an exercise in, in fulfilling, in filling full your longing for me with things that cannot fulfill you or fill you full. Your whole life is going to be an exercise, unless you are very conscious and very focused, of looking around the world and seeing other things that you desire in my place, in my stead, instead of me. And you're going to reach to those things and to those people and you're going to live with other ideas, and you're going to depend upon them in a way that you should be and were created to depend upon me, and it's not going to work. You were created in love for love. I want to kind of dispel a myth, especially a myth that, that is, is pretty uh, pernicious, pretty pervasive, uh, pretty seductive, really, uh, in, in our culture, and in our world around us, and it is the myth of satisfaction. Um, you can see this gospelized in, in the, the health, wealth, and success gospel, and, and it is a total missing of the heart of God, of the reality of creation, and of the first and, and second commandments. The truth is, we were never meant to be completely satisfied in this world. Let that sink in. The wealth gospel tells you, oh, you were meant to be God, you know, satisfied, and, and if you love God enough and have enough faith, you're going to be healthy and you're going to be rich. Those things are, are a lie. They're a misunderstanding of, of the work and the heart of God. The truth is, um, you're never going to be satisfied in this world because you're not at home in this world. And last week we talked about spiritual growth being a movement. And, and what God is doing is moving you home. He's moving us from a world that we don't belong in to a world that we do belong in, a kingdom that we belong in called heaven. And if you're not sure that I'm telling you the truth, then I want to refer you to, to the scripture in Hebrews 13, 14, which says that this world is not our permanent home uh, because we are looking forward to a home that is yet to come. And so... Maybe kind of abstract, but hang, you know, but if you'll hold and hang in there and pay attention, this is going to fill so much of the questions that you have in your life. So we're not home. Everybody wants to be home. In the times I've traveled at, at length, um, you know, it's it's fun at first, but after a while, I just want to sleep in my own bed. I want to be home. And so to not be home is this picture and portrait of of a lack of desire, of a lack of fit of I'm not where I, I truly was made for. And, and in that gap between where I am and where I'm home, there is longing. 
and there is desire and there is dissatisfaction. So becoming a follower of Jesus then is about returning to the, the one love that created you uh, and, and about finding a new home in God's heart and about following God's heart, his love, all the way to our real home. Every answer to our pain, our longing, our lonely and our imperfection, all the incompleteness uh, that is in us, every answer that we come up with, that we reach around into the world around us is an idol. Um, it's something that we worship. It's something that we find worth in that is worth less than God. And everything worth less than God is ultimately, eternally worthless. So, so everything that we turn to to answer this dissatisfaction in our life, this longing for, for only the love of God, you shall have no other gods before me, this is an idol. It is an addiction that empties us. Today, the main thing that I want to share with you um, is this, that we grow in love and in longing. And, and those two things belong together in ways that, that seem like oil and water, uh, but, but the truth is um, they, they, are, they are, are, are like light and seeing. That's, that's their connection. We grow spiritually in love and and in longing. We don't grow merely through comprehension. Um, when our strategy for spiritual growth is comprehension, what we're doing is substituting a body of knowledge that we create uh, for the Creator who made us, and, and it, it, it doesn't work. Put another way, we grow, grow in the soil of God's love. If we're seeds, we grow in the soil of God's love, and most of us would love to just stop there but we can't because we're saved by grace through faith. It is, it is a single source, two-track approach. It is all God's grace, all God's love, but we have a part to play in that by grace, all love, but by faith. What is the faith part? I'm telling you today that that faith part is, is our longing that we choose to live in towards God, refusing any other idols, refusing to create for ourselves anything that we find in heaven above or earth below, refusing to worship or find our, our created worth in anything that is worth less than God. So God created us with an inborn um, longing for His love. There is a, a hole in our heart, Augustine uh, said, that, that, that can be filled by, by nothing. It's like a puzzle piece that only one thing can fit in. And that longing can't be satisfied with anything or anyone else, only God, no other gods. But we rejected God. We, we shattered um, our created purpose. We used our free will to reach for something worth less than God. And, and we were cast out of our home into a world in which we are not at home. We shattered our well-being and lost our worth. And, and now we hate the longing. We hate the dissatisfaction in us. And, and this, this urge to, to long for and be satisfied in God, in God alone seems worth so much less than what we can find in the world. 
Gerald May in Grace and Addiction, a book I highly recommend to you, said this, In our society, we have come to believe that discomfort always means something is wrong. And in many contexts, sure it does. Dis-ease means just that. Um, there, is, there is some pain that is a, a sign of, of some wrong. But that's only partially true. So our, our cultural assumption is that to, uh, it is right to be satisfied, it is wrong to be empty. And I want to tell you that, that that's, not, that's not correct, spiritually. We grow in love and in longing. I want you to say that to yourselves. We grow in love and in longing. So you will never grow until you find your place in peace in the love of God. And you will never grow until you learn to live in your longing for God without taking any short, uh, shortcuts, um, short-circuiting the plan of God to, to find something or someone else to, to answer the pain of that longing, to fill the empty with what only leads to more emptiness. There's a story told that kind of emphasizes this of, of an inn in the desert, in a small oasis. And travelers from one country to the other could rarely ever carry enough water to get from one to the other. And so they would stop at this inn. And some would, would you know, deciding, you know, is it time to stop or do I have enough to make it on my own to the end that I don't need to stop in the end? But it is said in the story that, that none who who chose not to stop ever made it to the other country through the desert. And so they would come into the inn, and in the inn, one traveler noticed that there were two tables, two long tables. One was, was filled with 10 or 15 people, loud and, and drinking and splashing and spilling, um, and, and seemingly happy, but yet also uh, many around drunk and kind of in a stupor. And on the other table over there, there was only a single person drinking from a single cup. And as he stood there, the owner of the inn came up to, to him and, and asked him where he wanted to sit. And he said, well, I, I don't understand. I, there's a table with one and he looks kind of sad and there's a table with many and, and they are drinking much, but, but I wonder, what's going on here? The traveler asked. And the owner of the inn answered this. At this table, there is a cup that is sweet, and it is easy to drink, and many drink it. At the other table is a cup that is bitter. But he said, I want you to know before you choose that at this table, the more you drink to satisfy your thirst for the rest of the journey, the thirstier you become. And the drink begins sweet, but over time it grows bitter, and it leaves you thirsty. The other table is, is filled with a cup that is bitter. But the more you drink it, and the longer you drink it, the sweeter it grows, and the more your thirst is quenched. And those who drink from that cup, they seem to make it to the other country, but not those at the table of many. The reality is that what you do with your pain and your longing and your desire 
what you do with the, the noise in your heart and life, what you do with the dissatisfaction, the anger, the frustration, all of the places that you think God should instantly end, what you do with that is, is going to determine whether you make it home. Because we grow in the soil of God's love and of our longing. You were created in love. But in this world, you are invited to longing. The reality is, every other place in our life that isn't God is, is, is absolute empty and, and absolute darkness and failure. Every satisfied place, every place that we reach around into the world and we find someone or something to satisfy us temporarily, some new job, new car, um, you know, new distraction, uh, new addiction, we find something, everything else that we've that we turn to and use in this world to satisfy this empty space in us, this longing in us, it is that cup that is sweet that grows bitter. It is that cup that promises to satisfy but only ends up making us all the more thirsty and all the emptier. So to put it another way, every other space in our life, every satisfied space, Every content space is already filled with some other God that is no God. And the only way to grow is to refuse to have any other gods before God, to worship or create any other idols that are of worth in your life other than, than Father, and to stay in the pain and stay in the empty and, and to invite the love of God into that place and to live in longing. Gerald May says we must come to love our longing. And I just want to be honest with you right now. I hate it. I hate the empty places in my heart. No matter how close you are in your marriage, there are empty places. Sometimes those places feel so empty that you want to replace the person you're with, with some other person, maybe they'll fill the empty space. It doesn't work. We have to learn to love our longing and to realize that the deepest longing of our lives is the longing for the lover of our souls, the love of God that created us. Spiritual growth is about the movement of God leading us into the empty spaces. Away from the other false gods, away from the other idols, away from the distractions, away from, from everything that isn't Him. Um, it, it is about leading us into the empty spaces of the unfulfilled longing of our lives and, and staying there until God alone fills those empty spaces full. And that fullness will ultimately happen in heaven. That's our home. And until we get home, we're going to live in longing. In Matthew chapter 13, um, verses 1 through 10, the scripture gives us a portrait of growth. And I want to remind you that this is a growth passage. I want to finish with the end and then go back to the beginning. Um, Verse 8 in Matthew 13 says, Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, and thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let him hear. 
So this is about spiritual growth. Now let's, let's look at, at the soils in which growth occurs. Jesus told them many things in parables, and, and one time he told them this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. And as he was scattering the seed, um, some fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly, but the soil was shallow. And when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and the soil, uh, and, and because the soil was shallow, and, and the plants withered. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. And then, verse 8, still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let him hear. We grow in love and longing. This parable is a portrait of, of us blithely going through our life, ignorant of, of the reality of God the Father, uh, Christ the Son, and, and the Holy Spirit, the seeker of, of our souls. And along the way, in our journeys, to varying degrees, we have in God encounters where, where there are glimmers of love, whispers of love, of love, rumors of a better life. And we respond to these revelations in different ways with different levels of focus, attention, and interpretation. For some of us, um, we are briefly you know, stunned or made aware about, about the love of Jesus, the, the fact that a Savior has come into the world, and for a moment it catches our attention, but then we go right back to, to the rest of the world. And, and we hear about love, but, but quickly we lose focus, and, and we begin filling our lives with other things. Really, that's the story of the other soils as well, just to different lengths of time. You know, some, you know this is a picture for some of, of a very short moment of awareness and of turning and then of a turning away. The rest of it is a picture of, of a longer period of turning. And only in, the, in the, the fourth kind of a soil is there the heart that hears about the love of God and stays there, lives there, and, 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 and lives completely surrounded by the love of God. The love of God has my focus and it has my attention. I, I stay focused on it every single day. I interpret all of my life through the lens of God's love. Love has captured me, and the result of, of living in love is that I grow producing a crop 160 and 30-fold. That's, the, that's the, the, the portrait of this parable. We grow in love and in longing. But the middle two soils are a picture of, of, of longing distracted, of life in Christ interrupted. And so the, the scripture says um, that it sprang up quickly because the soil, soil was shallow. Um, the other seed fell on, on, uh, among thorns. Jesus, in the next chapter, uh, begins to explain what that is. And he, and he talks about the cares of the world uh, and the desires of life distracting us from, from this revelation. And so we lose, we lose the, the, the invitation to new life. We, we lose the plot and we wander off into the sadder story of death and dying in a broken world. You're going to grow only when you come home to the love of your Creator. And you plant your life in that love. 
and you understand that the way that love works until you're all the way home is that you're going to have to live in a longing for that love. And you can't fill the empty spaces, the, the discontent places with anything or anyone else but the love of God. Every day when the sun comes up, the mercies of God are new and your longing for those mercies have to waken in you again. And throughout the day, no other gods, no other loves, no other, no other idols can take the place of, of your longing for the love that's leading you home. But you're not there yet. And it is hard to stay in this place. We have to, to learn to love our, our longings. In John 15, verse 9, Jesus said this, As the Father has loved me, in the mystery of the Trinity, the uncreated one, as the Father has loved me, the uncreated, so I have loved you, the created. You may think that because you are so fallible, so frail, so fallen. And, and, and there's something inside of me that is that has always felt empty. I've always felt like there's something missing inside. Always. Because there is. You may think that you are so far from God, so less than that, that you could never be fully loved. That is a lie. The mystery of grace, the wonder and the awe the captivating truth of grace is that you were created in love and God has never loved you less for a moment. And everything in your life that you place under grace will grow. As the Father has loved me, John 15, 9, so I have loved you. The uncreated love loves the created with a love like itself, with a love no less than itself, with a love that does not depend upon the performance of the beloved, but the heart of the lover. You grow by learning to live in the soil of God's love, choosing to believe it whether you feel it or not, and you grow in the soil of your longing by refusing to fill the empty spaces of your life with any other God or any other thing. And you learn to live in that longing and you invite God into all of the empty spaces, all of the painful spaces. And you do not demand before your home that you be home. You do not demand that God end the empty and the longing until you are finally home in the presence and and revelation uh, you know uh, 20 and 21 says that god will put his hand on your face and wipe away every tear that you ever cried in life there'll be no more mourning no more crying for the old order has passed away you will be home until then embrace the love of god in a faithful focused way that interprets everything in light of that love. In all things, God works for good. Love is everywhere, working at all times. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and, and God is able to make His grace abound in all things, at all times, so that in everything, God is, is bringing us successfully home to love.
Let me just close with this. This is this is how you this is how you grow. Be loved and you'll grow. But I want you to, to pay attention to the space between the final D. Be love, duh, and you will grow. Every sincere battle to grow or do better begins with an attempt to transform our behavior, Gerald May says. God begins in a different place. He wants to transform our desire. In Matthew chapter 22, uh, Jesus says this uh, to, to the, the final fulfilling of our, our longing. Here's the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. Let your response be to the work of creating you in love and the work of saving you in the love of Christ, be love. And then the second is like the first, love your neighbor as yourself. When you grow in the soil of your love and your longing, when you recognize that you are the beloved of God as Jesus did in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17 at his baptism, this is my beloved son. And as he did in Matthew 17 at the transfiguration, this is my beloved son. When you believe that you are the beloved, you will let yourself be loved and you will be loved and you will grow and you will inspire growth in everyone around you. We grow in the soil of love and longing. I just want to invite you today to choose to plant your life deeply in love and don't run from your longing a single step more. Thanks again for joining us for the Messages podcast today. We hope that you are encouraged by Pastor Drew's message. And we want you to stay encouraged and stay healthy. And so we have a couple resources for you during this time of COVID-19, where unfortunately we have to be apart, but we are hoping that you don't have to be alone. So head over to sevenrun.com slash COVID-19 help. That's all one word. There we've got a couple options for you. You can sign up for a prayer request. You can send a prayer request uh, for yourself or for someone else. You can also sign up for support, again, for yourself or someone else. And finally, you can sign up to be part of our response team. That team right now is working on setting up our building to be a food bank, as well as uh, setting up a time for us to hold a blood drive. You can, again, find those at sevenrun.com slash COVID-19 help. Ultimately, we just hope that you're staying healthy, staying encouraged, stay plugged in, follow us on Facebook, uh, join our Seven Runners Facebook group. Um, We're trying to put out content every day that will encourage you through this time where, again, we have to be apart, but we are not alone. Have a good day.